coming up this morning, a big winner and a very, very big loser out of last night's game. We talk about that and what it all looks like for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. The Cairns Taipans add another name to their injury list. The Illawarra Hawks have got some decisions to make about their team going into next season. And the Jack Jumpers, how do they turn things around from this slump that they're in? That's all coming up on NBL Now. As always, great to have your company on NBL now. Thursday, the 18th of January. Not often on a Thursday edition of this show do we have a game to talk about, Pete Hooley. So let's talk about what we saw with Adelaide and South East Melbourne. Let's start the morning being positive and so many positives for the Adelaide 36ers. Oh, it was a fun game if you're a 36ers fan. And a lot of fans have been wondering where this was at the start of the season. And I mean, especially the emergence of Kyron Galloway. He was enormous and he just looked like a youngster ready to go at any opportunity. And to be honest, any time he's gotten opportunity so far this season, he stood up and made an impact. So with Jacob Wiley being out, he was thrown into the starting lineup and he didn't look back. And it's going to be very hard to kind of not give him some big, consistent minutes towards the end of NBL 24 and beyond because this is what a lot of people who have seen him in his first couple of seasons know what he's capable of. But that was an enormous win uh, for the club. And uh, yeah, it was fun to watch if you're an Adelaide fan. What sort of form is Isaac Humphreys in at the moment, by the way, too? 25-7 and seven in Champion Pride round. He, as far as, we, you know, you and I talk a lot about local big men and their importance. We spoke about it on the marketplace a, a few weeks ago. Isaac's been talking about wanting to shake this narrative that he's injury-prone and all that sort of stuff. And touch wood, he's virtually got through two seasons uninjured, Pete. I feel like his stocks are rising by the minute here. Yeah, well, not only that, but he's also putting his name up late for an all-NBL first team nod, isn't he? Because you look at it's positionless now. We keep talking about, hey, the way it's very guard-dominated this season in particular, and you could probably pick eight to nine guards who have been the best-performing players across NBL 24. But we know coaches and captains are probably going to vote towards a more proper team, the way it should be looking with some bigs. And the way that Isaac Humphries has been finishing off this season, you have to argue he's going to be leading that charge to get the nod if there is the way they want to vote. Um, it's also the way I think he's been playing nearly all season long. It's just they're starting to yep. use him a whole lot more and realize, okay, yes, he has shaken off this injury cloud. We don't need to worry about that. Let's get him the rock. And he's still only 25 years old. The way that he's playing, and this is exactly what a lot of people expected from Isaac Humphreys. Okay, so you're a South Australian boy, born and bred. Mm. You're a good one to talk about. I'm in Adelaide at the moment, and there's a lot of talk. I mentioned this on the show yesterday around the 36s. There's positivity at the moment about where they're headed. We spoke with Ruck about Brian Gorgian and the reports that he's their number one candidate. I want to come at this in a different way with you, with Scott Ninnis. They've now beaten Sydney, Melbourne, and Southeast Melbourne in their last three games. I must admit, I've said all along, it feels like they need a total reset and to start all over again. But, gee, we talk a lot about Justin Tatum. Scott Ninnis and what he's putting together is, is a very similar win-loss record right now. Yeah, well, it is. And again, all the only thing that Scott Ninnis can control, right, is winning as many games as he can. One game at a time. I know it's cliche, but just continue to tick that off towards the end of the season. What they're probably heading towards is maybe they don't need that total reset, right? If they end the season right, what initially looked like, okay, we're just going to rip everything up and, and start from scratch and bring in these big pieces. They could keep a couple of pieces here and there and then start to look at uh, what they want to build around and what has been successful under this Scott Ninnis tenure. It's hard because I'm sure they're going to have some big names on the board they're chasing, right, in, in the coaching ranks. You mentioned Gorge. There's going to be some other big names, and they're going to continue to look at what can be really attractive to other players coming in. So if you ask Scott Ninnis, he'd be saying the same thing. 
he can control what he can control. Just keep winning games, end the season right. Like somehow they go undefeated to end the season. That'll be a different conversation altogether. But just the vibe, again, I like to bring up vibe because it's a big thing, right, with teams and interim coaches and teams that have struggled in the first half of the season. They're having fun out there. They're smiling yeah. out there. Everybody's playing for each other. It looks like an enjoyable place to be around right now. And again, give a lot of credit to everybody for stepping up, no doubt about it. But also give credit to those guys whose rotations and minutes have changed, like Jason McCadee, Mitch McCarron. These guys had really every right to be like, this is not the way that I want to be uh, treated. This is the way that I want to be playing. And instead, they just said, you know what? It is what it is. It's going to benefit the team. I understand any minutes I get, I'm going to go out there and make an impact. And they've done that. And then guys like Trey Kell, Vasiljevic, Humphreys have been enormous. So, yeah, it's it's strange to be sitting here on January 18th and talking nothing but positives for the Adelaide 36ers, but it's a good change. Yeah, it is. And full credit to them because we, we've all been pretty critical of them across the season. To the other side of the coin, that was extremely hard to watch last night. Southeast Melbourne were just nowhere. And they've lost their last three games now, Pete, by 38 21 and 25. And save for the Christmas Day game, which they they got all the credit for, they were fantastic on that game. Other than that, their, their form has been frightening over the last couple of months. Yeah, it's not good, is it? And it's hard to kind of dress it up, like what's what's the exact issue? Because no Alan Williams last night, that's a big out, especially against Isaac Humphreys. That is a really big piece to have to try and, and figure out how to replace him in the game. And Gorjok Gak was going to get the start and try and do all he could, but Isaac Humphreys is in terrific form. The pieces they still had, they still had Gary Brown. They still had Abdul Nader. They still had the rest of their roster, albeit without Craig Moller, who, again, I spoke about in the broadcast last week. The timing of his injury couldn't have been any worse for, for what the, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix needed. They still had enough pieces to be able to, one, I expected them to go close to winning that game, but yeah. two, not to lose the way they did. So extremely disappointing, unbelievable crowd, sellout crowd at the State Basketball Centre. And we do want to have a positive in it. That facility looks amazing. That, yes. The new updates look unbelievable. Again, you talk about attracting uh, some talent and some key, key pieces going forward. But where I'm really worried, Jack, is their run home. So they play New Zealand in New Zealand, and we know how desperate New Zealand are. Then they play a Sydney team where not only the wins matter, but they're starting, people are starting to think about percentage. Perth, Melbourne, Tassie, and Sydney again. And that's their run home. It's one of the hardest ones in the league. And right now, the rest of the league seems to smell blood. They say, okay, well, not only are we going to go in there to win this game, we need to run up to either protect our percentage or to boost our percentage in these later games because we know how percentage comes into play in the finals. So there's going to have to be some guys looking in the mirror and saying, we can't end the season on this note. Losing is one thing, but to lose by this many on a consistent basis, it's just not on. They might not win any of them. Well, Copes did say that before Christmas. They went out there and, and again, they... As you mentioned, they got their props for it because they just fought hard. The, the gut check moments in the in the Christmas Day game, and again, I think a lot of the Phoenix and Mike Kelly will be saying, "Where is that kind of attitude being in these games prior?" Yes, we've been out significant pieces, which a lot of teams have to deal with injuries. Probably known more so than the Phoenix and how many players they've key players they've had missing. But where is that fight? Where is that every single possession matters? Where is it no matter what happens, we're going to get stops and we're going to find a way to win like they did on Christmas Day? It hasn't been there since the Christmas Day game. So the things you can control, we talk about controlling what you can control, is your defensive energy and your effort. 
that's what Mike Kelly will be trying to get out of them in these last few games. So to tonight's game, no Jonah Antonio. He's out for the season with a, a severe calf. Sam Waterberg has concussion, and Cairns have said that they're going to be very cautious with his return. You can now rule out Bobby Clintman for tonight against Illawarra as well with the flu. So th- this is a big test for the Taipans. It's a huge game for both teams. Well, the reports are I think the flu's been going through Cairns, not just Bobby Clinton. Adam Ford was feeling it for a little bit. So, yeah, it's not ideal for a preparation where Cairns just want to continue to try and string some things together. And, yeah, when you're up against it in terms of health, it's one thing. But, again, it's absence creates opportunity. So it's other players' time to step up. We haven't seen Lat Mayan a whole lot in this middle half and later half of the season. Well, he'll get more opportunity. But, again, they're coming up against the red-hot Illawarra team that, want to try and bounce back and, and put some more wins on the board. So I'm expecting a lot to fall back on their stars like Tajima Cole, Pat Miller, uh, everyone like that to be able to step up. Sam Menenga, hopefully he can get on there and, and get back to the games that we saw him play in that middle half of the season. And can they play desperate? If you're the Cairns Taipans, that's the way that you want to play. When they play with emotion, they when they get up and about, it's fun to watch and it's fun to be a part of. So let's see how it Cairns bring in Illawarra. Just want to throw a hypothetical at you on tonight's game as well around Justin Robinson. And you dive into the depth charts better than anyone. You've got a very good idea of who's going where and who's doing what. If Justin Tatum gets this job at the Illawarra Hawks, which we're hearing is more and more likely by the week, and you're getting this version of Justin Robinson, are you bringing him back next year? You say I know all my stuff, which I appreciate. I do put a lot of work into it, but I'm also very heavily biased towards Justin Robinson because in the preseason, I was super high on what he could do. Uh, Saw him at Summer League. He's had the NBA stints, and I expected him to come in and do what he's been doing under Justin Tatum on a more consistent basis. Now, he hasn't done that. I think to his credit, he understands the way he started the season wasn't uh, up to par, not the way that he likes to play. He's still shooting the ball at a lower clip that I'm, I'm sure he'll want to change, but... The conversation would have to be had, right? Because yeah. this is a, a new look we're seeing. This is kind of that positive energy we're seeing him be a little bit more efficient. But the way he's putting the Jets on getting downhill, the way he's creating for others, the way that if the if the offense hasn't ticked the scoreboard over for a while, he takes it on, on upon himself. These conversations would have to be had because certain players thrive under certain coaches. And I think that Robertson and Tatum seems like a duo that could really do some damage if they had a whole offseason together. Friday night's enormous, uh, massive night for all four teams involved. I think we'll learn a little bit about everyone from what we see on Friday night. What about the Jack Jumpers here, Hulls? They've lost six of their last eight. Um, they seem to have trouble working out what's actually going on at the moment. And now Scott Roth is, has even said in post-match press conferences that he's starting to doubt whether they will actually be able to sort this out. Well, I understand where he's coming from, to be honest, because I brought this up a couple of times in the broadcast. You look at the last two years, and albeit, get rid of the slow starts, but late December, early January, for sure, when there was a close game the Jack Jumpers were involved in, or if they were down a couple of baskets in the fourth quarter, you just knew they were going to win, right? That was the way they did it. Okay, we're going to play that Jackie-style basketball, their gut-check moments, and we're going to come out on top because we're just going to grind things out. Whether they make it ugly, whether they just pride themselves on the defense, it didn't matter. Those close games, Tasmania always managed to get up and win. Now, they haven't done that, not just once, but they've faulted multiple times in NBL 24. So one thing Scott Roth would definitely be looking at is, what is my closing lineup? What is my closing lineup when that those clutch moments, those last four to five minutes, especially the last two minutes, what five can I put out there that, that are going to get the job done? 
The problem is you start thinking about that, and I'm sure there'll be talk about that in practice. You start thinking, how do we make sure that we fix that? Does the rest of the game kind of fall away for a little bit? That's the real challenge right now for the Jack Jumpers and Scott Roth because if they figure it all out, they've got the pieces, they can make a run at this thing. And they've faltered a little bit. A three-game series, a five-game series is a lot different to one game. But if anyone can do it, Scott Roth can figure it out. And particularly on their home floor on Friday night. The, the setting, it almost feels perfect for Tasmania to, to land a big one and beat Melbourne at home, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, again, they're coming in. You talk about Tasmania smelling blood, all the talk about them, the heat's on them. Melbourne United with no Shaley and Joe Lawala chul again. Uh, it would be a really big win for the club and try and, it's weird to say, kind of turn the season around, but that's the way that Scott Ross has been talking. He's been talking in extremes, saying, we just haven't shown enough right now. And uh, to do it in front of their fans, their fans want to come back and build that nest. Perth's built the jungle back up this season. It's hard to go to the jungle now and win. Tassie need to do the same with the nest in my state bank arena. Hall's great work. Always nice chatting to you on a Thursday, and we'll hear you across the weekend. Thanks, mate. Thanks for being with us on NBL Now. We are back tomorrow.